Welcome to the Marvels of Motherhood podcast, where you will find words of love and encouragement for women in all stages of motherhood, from those trying to conceive to the veteran mother, a compilation of real life stories and related information hosted by experienced labor and delivery nurse and mother times two, Amber Luck. Episode one, my story. Working in labor and delivery has allowed me to witness a lot of different pregnancy conditions and birth stories and just how things can vary a lot from person to person. Despite that, not once did I expect that my pregnancy would be high risk or complicated. I had no previous medical problems. I was otherwise healthy, 29 years old, and I had never even really been hospitalized. My first trimester, I had the usual morning sickness it lasted for probably about 13 weeks, um, but no, no problems at all. December 22nd was my due date, and I was really hoping to go into labor like right at my due date so I could be home in time for Christmas. I was definitely planning for a vaginal delivery. Well, things didn't go at all how, how I planned it. Um, God basically took any control I thought I had about my pregnancy or delivery away from me. And for good reason, because there was definitely a lesson in that. My second trimester was when things started to become problematic. I had done a little bit of traveling in July and August. I was in my best friend's wedding. We had a baby moon down in Florida. And then when I got back home, I went right back to work. During our trip down in in Florida, it was hot. It was humid. We did a lot of walking around. I probably needed to sit down somewhere and drink more water, but I just wasn't listening to my body. I wanted to maintain the same level of activity that I had prior to being pregnant, but I think I was actually doing probably more than what I did before being pregnant. When I went back to work, by the end of my shift, I was exhausted, not to mention when you factor in my commute to my already 12-hour shift, I was almost working a 16-hour day. I was doing the most. After a very long day at work, my husband called me on my way home. He was complaining about um, chest pain. Well, I'm like, you know, it could be heartburn or indigestion or it could be more serious. And I could tell he was concerned because it wasn't going away. So I told him to go to the hospital and I was going to meet him there on my way home. Thankfully, they cleared him. There were no problems. And we were able to go home for the night. I was very eager to get home and shower and call it a night. After my shower, I noticed that I was spotting. It wasn't a lot and it was brown and I wasn't convinced that something was wrong. I felt like it was because everything I had been doing, you know, with the traveling and going straight back to work and not really, you know, resting and staying off my feet. At this point, I was 24 weeks. I listened to the baby's heart rate heart rate on my fetal Doppler and he sounded fine. I could feel him moving, which was very reassuring and I didn't have any pain. So I knew I wasn't um, contracting. I didn't feel cramping or anything. You know, I was just, I was being my own nurse, my own provider and kind of taking care of myself at this point. After working all day, the last place that I wanted to go was back to the hospital. So I took it upon myself to just kind of monitor the bleeding. I just wore a pad overnight And my plan was that I would, you know, wake up in another hour or two 
check the bleeding. If it was more, I was going to go to the hospital. Don't do what I did, okay? Call your doctor. Well, I ended up sleeping the entire night. I woke up about 5 a.m. panicked because I didn't mean to sleep that long, but I was so exhausted. I went to the bathroom. There was definitely more blood. It wasn't like bright red or anything, but it was just more than I wanted to see. As a nurse, you know, I feel like I've seen a lot of blood and I wouldn't at all call it a lot. But just the fact that there was more, you know, I felt like I, I need to go to the hospital. I need to call my doctor. I called the doctor and of course they agreed. Yes, you absolutely need to come in. When I got to the hospital, they put me on the monitors. They listened to the baby. He was still doing great. I was not contracting. They did an ultrasound so they could, you know, see a little bit more. There were no signs of an abruption. Nothing, actually nothing showed to be wrong. Uh, My doctor said it could have just been from the pressure on my cervix from overdoing it. And he just ordered me to, you know, take a few days to rest. So it was the weekend. It was a Friday. So I was off that weekend, um, thankfully. So he was like, you know, just put your feet up, take it easy, drink a lot of water. Um, And then I was to follow up um, in the following week. I followed up. I had no additional bleeding. I was a good patient over the weekend. And, um, you know, I was sure to stay off of my feet and everything. So I was okay to go back to work. Uh, When I went back to work, you know, my coworkers were so helpful. Um, They definitely were concerned about me and trying to make sure that I wasn't overdoing it, which I appreciate. But uh, three weeks later, so at 27 weeks, I um, had another bleed. When I went back to the doc, when I went back to the host- to the to my next doctor's visit, I had gained 12 pounds in that um, in that short amount of time, which was concerning. I was also starting to look puffy. Uh, my blood pressure was a little bit elevated, kind of borderline. Um, they took it a few times, and it was still just kind of not. Um, not in my usual range and that with the swelling and the weight gain uh, my doctor wanted to do labs for preeclampsia well the labs came back normal um, and the bleeding was light so you know I was still just to take it easy and kind of monitor things watch my blood pressure at home I continued working and at 27 weeks I was actually at work when um, I started to bleed again I was I recall actually being in a patient's room she was getting an epidural and I'm standing there supporting her and I could feel just the warmth coming down my leg and I was like what is this I wasn't sure if like my water broke but I knew that it was it was more than just a little bit not to be too graphic but I knew it wasn't like you know me going to the bathroom like peeing on myself I knew that it was something more than that. So as fast as I could, you know, I kind of excused myself from the room. Um, She was, you know, safe and in the hands of the anesthesiologist. I went to the bathroom and it was blood. And this time it was like bright red. I was immediately concerned and I couldn't get to the triage room fast enough. Now, luckily, I work, you know, right in that area. And so I was able to respond very quickly. Like there's no better place that I could have been at that time. I could see the panic on my coworker's face um, as she, like, you know, put me on the monitor and stuff. And baby's heartbeat was right there. He was doing fine again. He was always doing fine, like, despite anything that I was dealing with or going through, he was doing great. 
um, my doctor, you know, he came in to see me um, and they did an ultrasound and I'm just like hoping and praying that like they're not going to deliver me or anything. Um, the bleeding at that point did start to subside, but they admitted me to the hospital. Uh, they did an ultrasound and again, there was no signs of an abruption. Um, my blood pressure was a little elevated, but you know, I'm a little stressed at the moment with everything that was going on. So they were just going to continue to watch it. Um, that was my first hospital admission, um, for the pregnancy. And I stayed in the hospital for about a week during that time, the bleeding subsided, baby continued to do fine. I was never contracting and they were going to let me go home. Um, but the understanding was that I would not be returning to work for the duration of the pregnancy. Um, I was also going to be followed now with a high risk doctor and they were monitoring my blood pressure a little bit more. But after the bleeding stopped, my blood pressure actually stabilized and was, um, you know, within a normal range. So I went home on bed rest, which was very lonely, long days. You know, I was by myself. My husband would go to work every day, you know, as expected. And I was just kind of home. I had taken up crocheting, which um, I learned in the hospital. And I was watching TV. I was also in... Um, in school, I was um, pursuing my BSN at the time, so I was taking classes online, which, you know, helped to take up some of my time. I was on the phone with my sisters, like, all day long, because actually, crazy thing, they were also both pregnant at the same time. So, you know, we had a lot to talk about and kind of compare and stuff like that. And for me, it was my first pregnancy. For them, it was number two. So they, you know, helped to keep me company. I did have occasional, you know, people to come by. My parents would visit and bring food. Um, but it was very lonely, um, long days. And, you know, this was until the end of my pregnancy. The only place that I really went was doctor's visits. And occasionally my husband would take me for like a spin around the neighborhood. So things continued and they told me that I would probably have like some small um, bleeding, spotting occasionally, and that I needed to come back to the hospital only if it was like another like gush of bleeding. At this point, they determined that it had to be coming from my placenta because the amount of blood, there was no other place for blood to be coming from. So I was seeing the high risk doctor and I would call around 32 weeks. They said, okay, you can start to get up out of bed and you know, you're not going back to work, but you can kind of, you know, around the house, um, walk a little bit, you know, taking into consideration that um, we want to maintain this pregnancy as long as possible. But we want you to also, you know, get some movement and activity in as well. And my blood pressure also remained stable. The swelling had gone down. So they were, you know, pleased with my progress. I had my baby shower at 33 weeks. I did probably a little bit more, well, no, I know it was more than I had been doing throughout the time that I was on bed rest. And I felt fine and I felt like, you know, I wasn't doing too much as, you know, they said not to do. But the ne the day after the baby shower, I was standing up in the kitchen and I felt like another same kind of feeling, a big gush. And I could actually... I, I could feel something coming out of me and I wasn't exactly sure what it was. And my husband being in the other room could actually hear 
it hit the floor and it was a blood clot and it was huge, like probably about the size of a grapefruit. And so I was very concerned. The hospital where I was set to deliver was about 45 minutes away, but it was a Sunday morning. So we didn't have to worry about any traffic or anything. And we immediately got in the car, headed to the hospital. I called the doctor. I grabbed my Doppler. I'm listening to the baby. Everything sounds, sounds okay. Um, and I'm thinking in my head, oh my goodness, like, is this the day? Like, am I going to have him today? I was still very much attached to like having the baby in December and it was like the beginning of November, but I'm just thinking in my head and I'm like, you know, they're probably going to deliver me. Like, you know, this is a lot of blood. So I get to the hospital. I'm still bleeding. They get me on the monitors again. Baby's doing perfectly fine. Um, thank the Lord. And, um, they monitor me. I'm admitted. The doctor comes in and the bleeding, um, it was slowing down a little bit. So they just wanted to kind of watch. They weren't really in a rush to try and deliver me at all. So as things settled down, he basically told me that his plan was to um, keep me pregnant, um, monitor things. And then I was now going to be not just on bed rest, but staying in the hospital until I delivered. So that could potentially be another month of, you know, bed rest, but this time, you know, in the hospital. I thought it was going to be like the worst thing ever, but it was actually better than being at home on bed rest because I at least had the company of the nurses, which were actually my coworkers and stuff, but it actually wasn't that bad. It was a long time and in the midst of it, it was very difficult, but I'm very appreciative to have been in the hospital where they could respond to me a lot quicker. He didn't want me to have to come from a distance and they wanted to be able to check on the baby on a regular basis. So I stayed in the hospital for about four weeks. We, um, I was hoping to still have a vaginal delivery, but my doctor just felt that with, um, the bleeding that I had throughout the pregnancy, that there was already stress on the placenta. They were calling it a chronic abruption. So an abruption is basically when the placenta separates from the uterus prior to delivering the baby. So it usually separates after the baby's delivered. But with an abruption, it separates prior to delivery. It's considered an, an obstetrical emergency with an emergency C-section to deliver the baby. So in my case, the placenta didn't like completely separate. It was like kind of the edge of the placenta, like the border that had done some of the separating, which was then causing the bleeding episodes that I was having. And they were relating it to possibly my blood pressure because it had been elevated, you know, at certain times around the time that I was bleeding, but it wasn't always elevated. And I didn't have any of the other, you know, protein in the urine um, signs of preeclampsia. I just had like swelling and some high blood pressures. So they felt that a C-section delivery would be better because it would be a more controlled situation. And they felt that strong contractions of labor would potentially cause more stress on the placenta and cause an emergency type of situation. And that's what we were trying to avoid was an emergency. Well, I trusted my doctor's judgment. 
I chose him for a reason. So I went with what he suggested. I had seen so many, you know, routine scheduled C-sections that went as planned. And I was, you know, thinking, well, maybe with a future pregnancy, I could just, you know, VBAC, which is the vaginal birth after a C-section. And, you know, everything would be fine. So we scheduled the C-section. I was able to pick the day. There I go again, you know, exercising my control. So I was able to pick the day. I picked everybody on my team, the nurses, the anesthesiologists. And I was just really looking forward to now delivery, getting out of the bed and going back to, you know, normal life. But this time as a mom. So the day comes super excited. Our family was there and it was, you know, finally time to have this baby. Much anticipated. We get to the operating room. Everything's going normal. I get the spinal for anesthesia. I'm laying down for the C-section. They bring my hu- they bring my husband into the room, and I'm just anxious, anxiously awaiting, you know, the delivery. So I hear as they're calling out, you know, the different parts of the C-section, and I notice that, you know, it was kind of taking a long time, and I'm like, you know, what's going on? I couldn't, you know, I could tell that there was, there was some panic or, you know, something that was kind of veering off of the track of normal. And again, like I said, you know, I chose my doctor for a reason. I trusted his judgment. He's very skilled and very experienced. So I'm like, what is he struggling with? So then, then I hear them calling additional help into the room. They're calling in the NICU team. They're calling in another OB provider. And I'm like, what is going on? Like this, this is not normal. So by this point, I'm crying. The charge nurse is there um, right in my ear and she's talking to me and trying to calm me down. I hear the baby come out, but I don't hear him crying. And I'm just like, this this is not at all what I, the way that I thought things were going to go or the way things were supposed to go. So I get to the recovery room and I'm like throwing up. I'm having a hard time. My uh, baby had gone to the NICU. Um, They needed to do like some um, IV hydration. He had lost some blood in the delivery. And then the doctor comes in to talk to me and basically tell me like, you know, kind of what went wrong. So basically, he had been head down prior to the C-section, prior to delivery. But he wasn't like engaged in my pelvis. I was nowhere near like labor or anything. Um, So when they went into take him out you know for the c-section he turned the other way so he was now laying like transverse across my uterus so they didn't have like a head or a butt or his feet to be able to pull him out so they had to do first they tried to extend the the incision that was already there like the transverse incision for the c-section or my uterus Um, but they, they were not able to pull him out from his back so they had to do a vertical incision in addition to the incision that was already there. So I ended up with like a, a upside down capital T type of incision on my stu- on my uterus, not on my stomach, just on the uterus. Well, I knew by him telling me that, that it meant that there was no chance for a future VBAC um, with that double incision on my uterus, that I would have to then, with any subsequent pregnancies, have additional C-sections which was very disappointing because that was kind of one of the reasons why I was okay with it to begin with. 
And, you know, I just kind of felt like, well, maybe I should have tried for the vaginal delivery. But, you know, there's no way there's no reason to to think that nothing would have gone wrong with that. Like it, it could have gone wrong either way. And I I do still trust his judgment. But it was just one of those situations where, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Maybe I should have tried. Sometimes I feel like I should have tried. So after going through all that I did with my first pregnancy, the bed rest, unexpected double incision, and just the ongoing bleeding, I didn't really think I would want to get pregnant again, or at least not for a very long time. Well, lo and behold, like right around that 18-month mark, I started to get that pregnancy itch and like my baby wasn't a baby anymore and we always knew that we wanted to have more. I just didn't think I would feel it so soon. My doctor told me after my first delivery, you know, he advised that I not get not get pregnant for about two years just to allow everything to, to heal. Right around 20 months, I missed my period. I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. I was excited and scared at the same time. Like I wanted to be pregnant, but I was very scared about how it would go this this time around. About a week after the positive pregnancy test, I started spotting and in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness, not again. I really just don't want like bleeding drama this whole pregnancy. Well, what was actually happening was an early miscarriage. The bleeding increased and I also started cramping. I went to the emergency room and they confirmed that I was losing the pregnancy. I was really sad um, and not just at the loss of the pregnancy, but also just feeling like what's wrong with my body. After this, I became pressed to become pregnant, like it made me want to be pregnant even more. But I did decide to wait a few months Um, just to regroup from everything that had happened. Well, a few months later, I was pregnant again. And the first few weeks, I think I checked myself like a hundred times a day. I was so paranoid about bleeding. As people started to find out that I was pregnant, the burning question was, oh, are you going to V back? And then just to say no, like wasn't enough because then they would follow up with, well, why not? It got really annoying, mostly because it wasn't a choice for me. I don't think people were intentionally trying to like attack me. I know there's like a big uh, VBAC movement and I totally support that, but it wasn't a choice for me and it made me have to retell my story, which sparked emotions. And I was already, you know, unsure about how things were going to go with this pregnancy full of um, emotions and hormones. And I just didn't know what this pregnancy and this delivery was going to bring. I was now seeing a new doctor and going to deliver at a new hospital only because I had changed insurance. I had changed jobs and changed insurance since my last one. So I could no longer see my um, previous doctor. My new doctor was super chill when I told her about my pregnancy history. It kind of worried me because I'm like concerned about my potential for another abruption. But I think I really needed her calmness. As the pregnancy progressed, things remained normal, and it was nice to experience a healthy pregnancy. Um, I had a repeat scheduled C-section. I had no complications, healthy pregnancy, healthy baby, 
and a good recovery. I'm so thankful that despite my fears and nervousness with my first pregnancy, that I didn't let that keep me from getting pregnant again.